We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki, and you listen to the Mavs Step Back Podcast. Let me step back for a minute, tired of the gimmicks, see we just focused on winning, ball in the airline center, we bout to get litty, Luca carrying a torch, Borden jumped up on the porch, how you reckon with his force, third season in the game, and he a legend by his fourth, look, after dirt, now the king of Dallas, airline serving as the palace, young team and it's full of talent, want revenge, we accept the challenge, Luca carrying a legacy, what it take to be an MVP, being great, know it cost a fee, know it really Really ain't that hard to see. Hold on, wait. Silence the critics, cause they never did it. Pass out Jordan, I woke up the city. Map shooting hot like we straight out the chimney. Go back to Batman, I'm calling them Drizzy. Both triple doubles, I'm waiting on 50. Step back smoother, you know it's so filthy. If I get down on my team, gonna lift me. Rep the map, step back. Overcame the setbacks. Starting where we left at. Know we gotta get back. Know we gotta get back. Rep the map, step back. Overcame the setbacks. Starting where we left at. Know we gotta get back. Like, know we gotta get back. Let me step back for a minute. 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 How's it going, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Alton Trigg. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and DallasBasketball.com colleague, Matt Galatson. Uh, the Mavs, nice shirt, by the way. That's very nice. Yeah. I've got the retro retro Mavs hoodie going here tonight. <laughs> the The Mavs, they, uh, they had won 11 of their last 14 games going into Monday night's game against the Clippers. It's a murderous week schedule-wise because they have back-to-back games against the Clippers followed by back-to-back games going into the weekend uh, against the Trailblazers, both teams of which are, you know, ahead of the Mavs in the standings right now. And – Monday night's game went about as about as good as you could have hoped for with as far as the Mavs not winning because 
you know, they competed and they showed you that, you know, they can compete with the Clippers for a little bit, but when push came to shove, they just didn't have enough. And that's been the story of this roster. You know, Luca, he's really good. He's going to give you something every night. KP, the way he's playing lately, uh, that's a, that's a tough duo to beat, but, when it came right down to it, you know, the Clippers, where they have guys like Marcus Morris and and Lou Williams uh, as their – as Kawhi and PG's main role players, you know, the Mavs, they have guys like Dorian Finney-Smith and Maxi Kleba who are good players at times, but when you're going up against a, a Clippers team like that, it's just, uh, it's just a little hard to overcome. We saw that in the playoffs, and, you know, as good as Maxi has been this season – you know, for some reason, he just can't play up to that level when he plays the Clippers. So that was the difference. They'll have another crack at it uh, on Wednesday night. Uh, it'll be for to see who wins the season series because the Mavs won by 51 points the first time those teams played. Kawhi and uh, KP. Yeah, <laughs> Kawhi and KP didn't play in that one. So, uh, I mean, what, what do you think and how do you feel about the Mavs uh, just – how they played against the Clippers and what do you look forward to on Wednesday? Well, I mean, I think it showed that uh, all of our clamorings for making a move at the trade deadline are definitely um, worth it. (laughs) You know, it's, we have a point there because you spent the off season getting guys like James Johnson and he's not doing anything to improve your team anymore. He, He, I thought he had a good start to the season but he's non-existent now. Um, and you just, you don't have the firepower that you need from your, your role players to, to compete with teams like the Clippers on a regular basis. I mean, obviously that 51 point win was a 51 point win, but when you have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George who make up that difference in their scoring averages, more or less, you're going to have a problem. I mean, that that's missing two of the top 10 players in the NBA. That's so you saw what probably the six-game, seven-game series would look like if they face each other in the playoffs uh, right now. Yeah. And I think that's a problem. Um, Luka was obviously awesome. Triple-double again, 16 assists, 20-whatever points. So he needs to find some help. And it's uh, it's getting close to being that date. We're almost a week away now. So they better yeah. get moving. That that's the thing, you know. This team is talented enough to beat the Clippers every now and then. You know, they if they played in the series now, it, you know, it'd probably be like last year. They can win a couple games, but the overall roster construction that becomes a problem over the course of seven games in a series, uh, especially with a Clippers team now who's been together two years in a row, you know, it's not the same Clippers team that had just come together last year and was experiencing some problems. Uh, they have a new head coach in Ty Lue who, you know, uh, the team seems to be taking to his philosophies more than, than they did with Doc Rivers. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's a different team. It's a, a team that has more chemistry now. That's a team that, you know, if, if uh, Steve Ballmer came out and said, you know, we're just going to go with continuity, it would make sense, you know, because you have your two stars and then you have, you know, high-quality role players all around them. And Serge Ibaka, he didn't even play in that game uh, the other night. So (laughs) that's another guy who could potentially give the Mavs trouble given their big man issues this year. So 
I, I, they definitely have to do something, Matt. Well, they don't have to, but if they're serious about making some noise in the playoffs and not just being happy to get there, uh, I think they definitely have to do something. So with that being said, uh, like you said, we have just barely over a week until the trade deadline. We had Mark Cuban on here. He said unless it's for a game-changing star, which that that term could be different to them what it is to us, but unless they can get a game-changing star or a team's just looking to shed a good player basically just to get rid of the salary that he doesn't expect the Mavs to do anything. But we've had a little bit of rumbling this week. Uh, Matt Moore from the Action Network, uh, you can find him at HP Basketball on Twitter, He's not really a reporter, Matt, but every now and then he'll have a little something, you know, that he hears from from some sources he has. And this week uh, he said that he heard from multiple, not just one, but from multiple sources that if the Hawks were to trade John Collins, uh, they think the Mavs would be the team that, that they trade him to, which is, you know, it raised my eyebrows because that's a guy that I've I've wanted for a while now. He's your uh, he's a notorious Mavs killer. I don't even know if I can put him in the versus Mavs All Star uh, category. Yeah, he's already too good. So <laughs> he elevates it though. He's like a versus Mavs Hall of Famer. That would work. Yeah, yeah. versus uh, Mavs uh, All All NBA. Yeah. So <laughs> we, we we've talked about John Collins before, and the thing with him is he only makes four million a year. And he's an upcoming restricted free agent. So, and uh, the Hawks, they already offered him a $90 million extension before the season. He turned it down. Uh, there's been some questions about uh, his fit with Trey Young, uh, his relationship with Trey Young, too. So, there's a lot of things that, that make it uh, kind of questionable if the Hawks will keep him or not. I, it, it's been reported that John Collins wants $25 million per year. Uh, which I definitely, you know, given the Hawks' current salary situation, I don't think they're going to want to give him near that amount. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, they just signed Bogdanovich to a huge deal. They signed Gallinari to a huge deal. Um, you know, Trey Young, his rookie extension that will be a max extension is right around the corner. And given the questionable fit there, I just, you know, it would make more sense for Atlanta to trade him now uh, and get something for him. 
than to get to free agency, have somebody sign him to a huge offer sheet, they don't decline, and then you lose him for nothing, basically. So The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Uh, with, with that being said, I have a three-team trade here, and it fixes two Mavs problems uh, in one. And I hate to do this because, you know, it's Tim Hardaway Jr.'s birthday today. And <laughs> I, I put it on Twitter as I, I, I feel kind of, I feel kind of dirty putting Tim, Timmy in a, a trade, a fake trade the day of his birthday, but we're doing it. So, all right, the first one here. Matt, going after, if, this is, if this is the same trade that you sent me earlier, you're also not. going after a oh, – oh, okay. Yeah, I tweaked it. Okay. All okay. right, so this trade sees the Mavs end up with Victor Oladipo and John Collins. And – the trade, I, I have Tim Hardaway Jr. going back to the Hawks, a place where he's been before and he's played really well. Uh, he, he goes back to the Hawks. You send the Hawks a, a future first, 2015 first, uh, lottery protected, hopefully, but, you know, whatever. Send them a first-round pick and Tim Hardaway Jr. So they get a six-man-of-the-year candidate. They get a first-round pick. Uh, the Rockets, you send them James Johnson's expiring deal and a young player in Josh Green. Uh, who I like, you know, I wouldn't want to part with him, but I feel like you'd have to give them a young player like that uh, to have them part with Victor Oladipo. And then coming back to the Mavs, like I said, you'd have Victor Oladipo, you'd have John Collins, and I put Tony Snell in there for salary purposes. So that's what I've got. What do you think? Yeah, no, I like it. Uh, the Oladipo part seems a little like you would need, almost need to get a little bit more um get more give just more give more i i think maybe like I, I mean i don't know what you would give but um it's just since just because he's victor oladipo i don't know what his uh what his value looks like right now i mean the rockets are on a 37 game losing streak or whatever it is so <laughs> uh you know it, it's hard to gauge that Maybe they just want to shed shed the money and maybe they just want to get some assets while they can and completely start over. I don't know. But uh, the, the Collins part makes a whole lot of sense to me. I'd love to get both guys. It's uh, the, thing with Ola, the thing with Oladipo, Matt, the thing with Oladipo is unlike Collins, he's an unrestricted free agent after this season. So, where the Hawks, when if they're if they know they're not going to match Collins, you know there's still the opportunity that they could, and they could keep him no matter what. So when they're trading Collins, it's like okay, we're trading him, but we're also trading a team the rights to keep him over anybody else. You know he doesn't really have a choice in the matter 
if, if, the, if the team who trades for him wants to keep him, they're going to keep him. Whereas Victor Oladipo, after this season's over, it doesn't matter. He can go wherever he wants to, and the team trading for him has no control over that. And he's made it known that he doesn't want to stay in Houston either. So uh, that, that's another thing that has to be considered too. So with that being said, I mean, I feel like the Mavs could get him for that. If you have to throw in a second round pick or something, or you know Trey Burke, or you know whatever, <laughs> whatever to to make it work, I just I feel like as far as three team trades goes, I feel like that's pretty even. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people are going to disagree with that and say, "Oh, we're not giving up <laughs> near enough to make this happen." But given the circumstances around both of those players. I think it could happen, and it would address, you know, a couple of issues with the Mavs, which is, you know, they're they're kind of overextending some of their role players into starting roles. So you do this, you don't have to start Maxi. You put John Collins in there next to KP. You can keep Richardson starting, and you put Oladipo in there with Luca. That's a pretty good starting five. It's a good versatile starting five too. So, and then your bench gets bolstered by putting uh, Finney Smith and Kleba with that second unit. So I really yeah, like I mean, it. That, sorry. That, that gives you one of the best starting fives in the NBA. I think easily um, defensively, I think it would be very good offensively. It'd be very potent. You know, you got Richardson and Oladipo who are both very good defenders on the wings. So, and it addresses, you know, the, with Collins, it addresses the rebounding and the, the toughness inside, I think. So, it, you know, I think it's a great, a great move for the Mavs for sure. And not just not just that, but you know, trading for John Collins, it gives you that dynamic in the offense that you've been missing since before Dwight Powell got injured. You know, you you have that legit pick and roll uh, super lob threat, uh, and I mean, I know he's not known as a defender, but he has improved on that end of the floor too, at least this season. So that's what I'm looking at. If, if they can get a guy like John Collins to put with KP who can give you another vertical threat uh, and get Luca and uh, Rick Carlisle working their magic with that. I mean, I just, Oh man, I feel like that would be a difference maker yeah. the rest of the season and For go sure. to the playoffs. He, he's just another guy. He, he's a guy that they don't have that they really need in the sense that nobody else on the Mavericks right now, because Dwight Powell got injured is really a true lob threat in the pick and roll. Like, yeah, Willie can do it, but he doesn't always know what he's doing all the time. And there's, you know, a couple other guys who maybe if they, whatever, you know what I mean? It's KP can do it occasionally. Max can kind of do it here and there, but Collins is a guy who is built for that. Yeah. And the Mavericks have been missing that this season. So. And Oladipo, and I mean, Oladipo, he hasn't been, he hasn't been great with the Rockets, but, uh, you know, I feel like if they get him in the door, given his skill set, and he's not going to be asked to be the guy like he was in Indiana and like he is in Houston right now, uh, I feel like he'd flourish in that role. And maybe you get to see a little bit more of the uh, the Victor Oladipo year before last, before he got injured. So I think right now what we're seeing with Oladipo is he just has a little bit too much on his plate and that completely changes if he gets to Dallas. So that would be great. I mean, you know, the the situation in Houston, you, you can't really blame anybody for 
not being happy with that. It's it's horrible. That complete, <laughs> it's really really bad down completely there. Completely cleaned house. I mean, yeah. It, yeah. it's a situation where you lost Daryl Morey, you lost Mike D'Antoni within a week of each other. Uh, you had James Harden pouting all season until he got his way and got traded to Brooklyn. You have PJ Tucker who's still on the team and he's he's like vocally not happy. <laughs> He's been begging them to trade him for, like, the entire season. Uh, they traded Robert Covington to the Trailblazers. You know, it's just it's – a, it's, a, it's a dumpster fire right now. Westbrook, too. Um, I, I don't know what they were thinking signing Christian Wood. I mean, he's great. He's been awesome for them. But it unless they're planning on trading him, like, he's just going to be wasted there for the next five years. <laughs> The best thing that could come from all of this from the Rockets, and I would hate to see it, is they end up with Cade Cunningham. (laughs) Why would you put that into the universe? I've just been thinking about it. I'm like, you know, if there's one good thing that's going to come from this horrible Rocket season, they'll pair Cunningham with uh, Christian Wood. And then uh, you're right. I don't want to think about it anymore, though. (laughs) But, look, that's that's my three-team trade. involving the Mavs and uh if they got Collins and Oladipo in a uh, in one scoop that'd be amazing it'd be a season changer for sure change the whole dynamic of the team uh here's another one I'm going to throw at you though Matt it's not a three-teamer but it's between the Mavs and the the Magic because uh, it's also been reported that uh, Aaron Gordon is a guy who the Magic are uh, open to moving and the Mavericks supposedly have interest again, which isn't a shocker. They've had interest in Gordon like the last three years when he's come up in these trade rumors. So my trade proposal with for the Mavs and Magic would be uh, the Mavs send James Johnson's expiring, Tim Hardaway Jr. aren't expiring, Josh Green, and a future first-round pick for Aaron Gordon, Terrence Ross and Al Farouk Aminu, all of whom have extra years left on their contracts. What do you think? Uh, was this, I guess it was two off seasons ago. I really wanted Terrence Ross. I, I thought he'd be a great bench scorer. Yeah. I really like him. He's, he's kind of like Tim Hardaway Jr. in the sense that he's very streaky. So like one night he could get, eight points and the next night he could go off for like 35. You never know what you're going to get with him. So that would kind of replace that. I love the idea of, of, of uh, Alfred Camino too, because I loved him when he was in Dallas. He was like, he was an energy guy, defensive guy, rebounder. I, I think he'd be a great addition. Uh, and Aaron Gordon, obviously, you know, he's not the same player as John Collins. They're different styles, but he fills kind of that same role as like the vertical threat. That, same that idea. Can- with yeah it's just, it's the same idea just kind of in a different way you know what I mean so I I mean I think that's great um in in shipping off the James Johnson contract and Josh Green who let's be honest I, I like him too but Rick's not going to play him so you might as well use him in some sort of productive way and if that's trading him so he can go somewhere else and try to flourish I think that's great and as far as trading the first round pick, I understand 
the argument from people where they're like, well, why would we trade a first round pick for such and such or Aaron Gordon? He's not a super sport. The point of trading the first round pick is for, for a franchise like the map or the, the magic, they still need to acquire pieces. Yep. They're still not, I mean, yeah, they're having a better season this year than they have recently, but they're still not there yet. They still have to build. And if you're, if you're making this trade, you assume that this trade is going to kind of put you over the top over the next couple of years and maybe not make you the best team in the NBA, but it's going to make you one of the top two or three teams in the West, right? So that pick is not going to be a good pick. <laughs> it's, going to, it's, it's going to be in the second half of the, of the first round, you know, 20s, you know, high 20s, low 30s, whatever. So – I don't have a problem with that because that's where you're trying to get. That's where Luke is going to put you. It's basically an early second round pick as far as I'm concerned. So I have no problem trading the pick either. Yeah. I don't either. Uh, I mean, like you said, as good as Luca is, he's going to continue to get better. Uh, I just, the team might be frustrating with the current roster construction at times, but I don't think they'll ever be bad enough to where those picks will ever matter. Now, that said, you can get – you can strike gold with those later picks. But, I mean, like you said, in the Mavs case, I mean, they're more more looking to, you know, build and get veteran guys in there now, in my opinion, uh, who can play – or at least that's what Rick's looking for because, you know, he (laughs) – the only way he can justify playing a rookie that's not named Luka – is you know if you're if you're not winning and it's like a tank type of season so now they're in winning mode and yeah you need to put the right personnel around him now I don't necessarily necessarily agree with that I wish that you know Josh Green and Tyler Bay would at least get a handful of minutes just maybe like five six minutes a game just something to to switch it up and give other guys a breather and let them develop a little bit but you know chances are that's not going to happen so I'm okay with trading the rookies if it gets you a guy like uh, Aaron Gordon, if it gets you a guy like Alfred Pamenu, who was was great in Dallas. Rick Carlisle really helped him improve his three-point shot. Uh, I think he's definitely – I mean, as good as Dorian Finney-Smith can be uh, at times, I think Farouk Aminu would be an upgrade over uh, Finney-Smith. It'd move him to the bench, which would have a ripple effect on the rotation. So – and like you said, Terrence Ross, he's basically the same player as Tim Hardaway Jr. <laughs> he gets hot. Yeah. Uh, he's still got three more, uh, two more years on his contract after this, but he's only he's making thirteen point five million a year, which is really ideally what we would like Tim Hardaway to be making. So uh, I think it'd work out good. And if the Mavs have to give up, you know, another second round pick or something, I think you do it and you know go for it now. But I was just I was just saying um, when you're the Mavericks and you haven't had a good first round selection or second round selection outside of Luca in the last you know and Brunson decade basically yeah I mean right but that's that's the exception that kind of proves the rule right you have like <laughs> here. here and there you have guys that they hit on but for the most part their drafting is very suspect and if they're if they're not going to take it seriously they're not going to do it well which whatever excuse you want to give them you might as well trade those picks and and get veterans that rick carlisle will actually pay attention to um and guys that could come in and help you immediately so i'm all for it 
And another thing is, it's like, I feel like Tim Hardaway Jr., as, as much as the Mavs love him, I don't think it's like that same kind of, and I may be wrong, but I don't think it's that same kind of deep emotional attachment that they, they would have to a guy like uh, Dwight Powell, who was part of the Rondo trade. And, you know, they tried to develop him into uh, something that he just – he never could quite reach. And, you know, given he was – the best leader on the team. I mean, <laughs> you know, he's a team leader and everything. He, they, they view him as like a homegrown guy. Where Tim Hardaway Jr., as much as they might love him, you know, he was part of the KP trade. So, he was more of a throw-in. And I think if you can upgrade and get a guy like Aaron Gordon – or John Collins, you know, you have to uh, you have to consider trading him, especially if, uh, considering what he might command on the open market, you know, as well as he's played these last couple of years in Dallas. So I don't know, man, uh, they, they got to do something, even if it's not, you know, moves that are that are this big. You know, the whole reason you traded for James Johnson was, I mean, yeah, they can say the toughness thing and, you know, he started out playing OK, but. In the grand scheme of things, the reason you traded for James Johnson was that you could hopefully flip his expiring contract at the trade deadline for something of value. And I mean, they they've got a they. I'm interested in seeing what they do with that because I feel like they have to do something with it, or it was just a waste, you know. For sure. So I, I don't know. Is that that's really all I've got tonight, though, Matt. I mean, if you want to add something else, you can, or if you have any other trades that I haven't, I haven't brought up yet, which is which might be unbelievable to even fathom because I come up with so many. But <laughs> I feel like you've covered pretty much every possible trade that the Mavericks can make at this point, outside of one for my boy, and we all know who I'm talking about. So yeah. uh, no, I don't really have anything else. Uh, we'll be back on. Um, I think tomorrow night, right, for a, for a live yeah. locker room. Yeah, we're going to do a, a live locker room after the Mavs and Clippers. And, I mean, that's that's been really fun. Uh, you get a bunch of people in there and can interact and have people on stage. And uh, if y'all like what we do here, come hang out with us on Locker Room. Uh, I'm at Dalton underscore Trig. Uh, he's at Matt Galatson on there. And uh, we'll share that that link on Twitter uh, when it comes time and you guys hop in and join. Uh, but yeah, that, that's going to do, that's going to do it for another episode. Uh, Matt, you have anything else to add before we take off here? No, I was just going to say about locker room. Uh, you can, if you get annoyed with my constant pessimism or my, uh, my bad attitude <laughs> or my, my, my hot takes, you can come into the locker room and yell at me as much as you want to. I will give you the stage and you can yell at me. That's, so. that's, the, that's the fun of it. I mean, no matter yeah. what you think, no matter what you think, you can come listen to it, ask to speak, we'll let you on, and, hey, let it fly. Exactly. <laughs> that's what it's for. It's kind of like radio, but for podcasts. But anyway. Yep. All right, guys, that's going to do it for another episode. Uh, we appreciate y'all coming on and listening. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite platforms. Uh, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are – I haven't checked lately. I know we're over 850, so we're really close to that 1,000 subscriber mark. And uh, as soon as we get there, we're giving out two tickets to the Mavs home game uh, of your choice. Uh, one lucky subscriber will win that, but we got to get to that su- – 
thousand subscriber mark uh, before we do it. So be sure to do that. Guys, we appreciate it. We will see y'all tomorrow night after the Mavs Clippers. Y'all have a good one. Let me step back for a minute. 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 Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.